The goals that they're often selling into are growth goals. Those goals typically express themselves as new leads or a more bottom line goal of new customers or net revenue. Ready to spend 15 minutes with the experts you admire? Need strategy sessions from thought leaders brought directly to your ears? Welcome to the Sprocket Talk 15-Minute Strategy Podcast, where every week George B. Thomas uncovers the challenges that sales, marketing, and service professionals face. And of course, the strategies to help them overcome their biggest hurdles. So sit back and set your sights on growth with these bite-sized conversations filled with pure strategy gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 15-Minute Strategy Podcast. All right, Sprocketeers, it's your boy, George B. Thomason. Yes, I'm excited. Yes, we're back. Yes, it's another episode of the 15-Minute Strategy Podcast, and I have a dear friend, David, here. He's going to introduce himself in a minute. We're going to get into the deep end of the pool, but I have to say, I am a little bit challenged today because we're going to be talking about math. That's the only way I'm going to tease into this because math was never my subject. David, before we dive into the deep end of the pool, why don't you let the Sprocketeers, the viewers, the listeners know who you are, what you do, and where you do it. Yes, and, and just in case we made people nervous with math, George, we're not getting into like differential equations today. You know, it's all going to be whole numbers, pretty, pretty routine stuff, but put powerful stuff uh, as well. Um, so my introduction, I'm with HubSpot. I run a partner sales enablement uh, for the company, which means I help our partner network uh, to sell better and particularly through a lot of group and live training programs. Yeah, and the group and live training programs is amazing. And if you're listening to this, which is a complete possibility, and you don't know what HubSpot is or what the HubSpot partner program is, if you're an agency owner and employee, you should dive into that and check it out. So David, it's when you scheduled to do this interview, I was super excited because Sometimes people put in information. I'm like, okay, I understand where that interview is going to go. And then there are, there are rare occasions where somebody will put something in and my mind goes, oh, this one excites me. And so you literally put in, do the math to sell better. Do the math to sell better. So what are the foundational pieces, David, that the Sprocketeers that I need to understand so we can carry on this conversation today? Yeah, so there, there's a little bit more there than just straight math. Um, the reason that I like talking about math to sell better is because you need a couple different things in place. One thing that you need in place before you even start doing math is you need numbers, George, to start with. I don't know what it's like for you. I know you do a lot of speaking and selling as well. But I found it's really great to sell on a story. Stories are fantastic. Narrative devices are fantastic as well. But numbers have power. And you can layer that power on top of narratives and on top of stories to really bring them home. And that's where math starts, is having numbers to begin with. So I love that. And, and let's just dive a little bit deeper into that. Because when I hear you kind of teasing out this having numbers, my mind immediately goes to, you know, statistics, like 82% of people, 37% of people. Is that the type of numbers that you're talking about? Or are we even going in a different direction? Yeah, so those are some numbers. Stats have really good power as well. I love to use a good statistic in the sales process. The other uh, place where I really like using numbers is when talking about what people are trying to accomplish. So for instance, uh, if you've been in sales for not too long, one of the really basic questions is, what are you hoping to accomplish 
here? Or what are you hoping to accomplish with your business? Or what are you hoping to accomplish with this initiative? Typically, you'll get a great answer back. It can often be a very sweeping answer. There's a very good narrative or story there. But one of the things that we talk about in my boot camps is there's actually three levels of information that you want to gather, uh, particularly around goals and timing. Level one is what I just mentioned there. It's the big story. It's the broad context of what's going on and very open, broad-ended questions like, tell me about your initiatives for this year, get to that. Level three, I'm going to skip over level two because we'll come back and talk about that. Level three is the meaning. It's the why question. So we're not going to talk as much about that today, but there's not just the goal. There's the why is that goal important for your business this year? That's level three. Coming back and sitting in level two, level two is the specifics behind the goal. So for instance, we want to grow our business uh, next year. It's really excited. We want to get it to the next level. We really want to shift uh, shift things into gear. Great. A level two question is, so tell me more about that. How are you going to measure your success of that initiative next year? Oh, it's by new customer acquisition. Tell me more about that. How many new customers are you hoping to acquire? It's interesting. I love that you painted this picture of three levels. My mind wants to ask you, uh, which I guess means I want to ask you, like, are you trying to navigate all three levels quickly? Or is this you're doing it over time? Is there some type of, you know, algebraic equation to when you should ask or get to these levels during certain meetings? Kind of paint us through that. And then I do want to dive deeper into that. Yes. How we start to talk about. Yes. This is the conversational arts, George. This is why we haven't all been replaced by bots just quite yet. Right. Like, you know, I'd love to give you the algorithm for how to do it. But, you know, in general, the way I like to do it is starting broad. Right. Starting with and not going in with how many new customers are you trying to acquire next year? Great question, but maybe a little abrupt if you start the conversation off that way. I like to start off with level one questions. Tell me about what are you guys hoping to accomplish in 2020? You guys must be excited. It's probably is it a big year for you as like it is for us? Very broad. People like to fill in context. Then once you broad, you can start to narrow it in a, in a little bit. Great. How are you going to measure that? How are you going to know if you're successful or not? What, what are you looking for specifically? And then I like to go to level three, which is to tell me more about like, why is that important for you guys? What, what if you didn't get to 10 new customers a month, you got to seven new customers a month. Is that still a win for you guys? And starting to explore the meaningfulness behind it. So that's the, that's the kind of broad outlines. But again, the reason, the reason we get paid as salespeople is because we can, we can kind of be nimble in navigating those conversations. I love being nimble and navigating. And speaking of that, David, why don't you navigate us a little bit deeper into this level two okay. uh, and kind of explain what that looks like. Are, are there you know, safe numbers, safe conversations? Are there things that we should watch out, miss or mistakes that might happen in that level? What you're really looking for, let, let's, we're going to talk, we're going to focus the conversation today on understanding someone's goals and timing. Okay. We're going to use numbers around that. There are different measures for goals for goals and what someone might be trying to accomplish. So for instance, in in my, I run, I mentioned, I run live uh, training programs. Some of my goals are around attendees. I have a number of attendee goal that I'm trying to gather. We have net promoter score, which is a customer satisfaction measures. We also have influence uh, revenue uh, number that we, uh, that we aim for. So that's my program. That's the goals that we have. Generally in the services that we encourage our partners to sell, The goals that they're often selling into are growth goals. Those goals typically express themselves as new leads 
or a more bottom line goal of new customers or net revenue that they're trying to gather. So typically, it's not true for all businesses or all roles that you're speaking with, but a common goal might be new customers or uh, new revenue. So you want to get into specifics on those. Now, once you have those numbers, because obviously this is, let me get the, here's the goal. Let me get the number. What, what do you do with that? You, you, you kind of leaned in at the beginning, David, about talking with story and mapping these numbers to the story. Is there something that happens like, aha, I got the number. Now it's time to do this. Yeah. So George, if I were to ask you, you can either do this hypothetically or you can lean on real numbers if, if you want. But if I were to ask you for a uh, number of new customers goal for next year, so put on your pretend business hat or however, however you want to answer this. Give me, let's, sure. let's, let's just do an exercise here. What's, what's your new customer goal for next year, Mr. Yeah, uh, let's uh, say Mr. I business want, owner? Yeah, let's say I want 20 new customers. Awesome. So you want 20 new customers. And sorry, George, is that for the whole year for 2020 or is that by month or? Oh, uh, that's for the whole year. Yeah, let's just say for the Okay, awesome. And how are you, how are you, um, how are you feeling about that number? Easy, medium, hard, never going to happen, stretch goal, uh, you know, conservative goal. Just tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch goal. I mean, typically, if we can get, uh, you know, 10 to 15 new customers a year, we do sell something that is a large price tag. So, you know, it's, it's 50 to $75,000 a pop. Um, okay. But if we could reach that 20, then it's nice. Okay. So let me just, I want to slow you down there. You sound like you, you just were relaying some really important information uh, that I want to go back through. So uh, the first thing I heard you say is you want, you want 20 new customers next year. And I'm just going to plug into my calculator here. And I think you said that with an average value of a customer is about 50 to 75,000. Yeah. You want to just now, make 65 now, is like, or, sorry, go ahead. Do, do 65. Now okay. viewers and listeners, I want you to pay attention that what David did there in this interview, if you're watching it, you can see him doing it. If you're listening, I want to paint the picture of, he has a calculator in front of him. He's using the math. That's what this episode is about. He's using the math to sell better. I, in our role play, because by the way, I don't sell anything worth 50 to, well, actually I probably could sell things that are 50 to 75,000, but I'm role playing with him. And he's like, he's, he's taking the math, 20 new customers. He's drilling me down to 65,000. So he's going to do 65,000 times a 20. So now he can paint the picture of this is the revenue goal, the general revenue goal. David, go ahead. Enjoying this podcast? Make sure you show the love. Go to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and leave a review. Help us become the strongest strategy podcast on the internet. Get access to hidden episodes and bonus content. Head over to sprockettalk.com forward slash strategy. By the way, George was kind in offering up his average value per customer. Not everybody will, but oftentimes that's a number that people will share if you ask. By the way, George, what's an average value of customer? He already shared it with me. So I'm going to pull up. By the way, George, one of my favorite hacks that people told me they didn't realize is if they were seeing my screen, I actually put the numbers right into the Google search bar, which can act as my, that's my favorite calculator in the world yeah. here. So let's see. So George, if I'm doing the math right, um, it looks like you're trying to get about $1.3 million in revenue next year. And is that, sorry, is that new revenue or is that total uh, business revenue that you're looking well, for? Well, that's new revenue because usually they kind of stay with us once they purchase our product. Great. So $1.3 million in new revenue. And the other um, interesting number that I heard you pick on is I, I thought I heard you say that you typically get about 10 to 15 new customers 
a yeah, year. Histor- yeah, historically, we're good if we if we do 10 to 15, but this year we're really trying to take it to the next level. Okay, and let me just make sure I understand that when you say you want 20 new customers, is that on top of the 10 to 15 that you would typically get every year? Or are you saying you can already count on 10 to 15 this year and you need like five additional new ones on what is a pretty confident base? Yep, five additional new ones on what is a somewhat confident base. 10 confident, 15 okay. a little bit of a stretch, 20 that BHAG goal. Okay, so, so it sounds like you're confident 10. We really need to find you between five and 10 new customers for next year. That sounds right, about great. right, David. All right, excellent. And by the way, George, I'm just gonna, I just, so I was overshooting a little bit in 1.3 mil, because what I'm talking, what we're trying to talk about today is how can we help you generate new revenue? So if some of that revenue is already existing, instead of saying 20 times 65, what I wanna do is let's say, um, let's call five, five and eight, let's call, between five and 10, let's call it eight, because we wanna be a little more aggressive. I wanna help you, I wanna help you, you know, do well. So sounds five good. times 65,000. So it sounds like, George, uh, that number is about a half million, so $520,000. It sounds to me like you need to find $520,000 in new revenue for your business next year. Ooh-wee, that's not under my couch cushion, David. <laughs> Do I have the number? Does that, does that sound generally right, ballpark, sounds, George? So, sounds good to me. And, and George, if I could, I, I'm just curious, like what's the why? Why eight new customers? Why $520,000? What, what's the significance of that? Yeah, so I'm really proud of my employees and I know that I can give them raises, I can give them a better work environment, I can build a better culture if we can get to that additional revenue amount. Um, And so, you know, all these years we've been doing good and I'm just trying to get it to the point where we can make it that much better for them. All right, I was flipping into level three, George, because I can't help it. I saw that, I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's the thing, what I I want the Sprocketeers, David, to really get out of that role play, which is unique for them because we usually don't do role play in an interview, but I think it's really, they need to understand how you pivoted, how you changed, how you were focused on, okay, so if he says five, let's go to eight or 10 and five, okay, let's meet in the middle. And, and you had the calculator out there and it really was the numbers to help give a punch. This is what I got about it. It was a punch to the other things that you were saying. And that's what I want to dig into. I heard you say a couple of times, I really want to help you reach your goal. Um, I really think that you can do this. So what I hear you saying, so, so talk to the Sprocketeers, David, about the importance of the surrounding information or vocabulary or conversation that you're having in these level one, level two, level three around those numbers once you get them. Sure. So I, I want to make the point. So I'm a, I'm a salesperson, George, and your audience may not all be salespeople, but my, my bet is everyone on this call sells change. Okay. Whether you're a salesperson or not, if you're pushing a new initiative or you have a belief about what your company should adopt or a campaign, you are selling change. And to sell change, which is what I was doing there with George, I want to sell into what is important for him, or if I were selling change to my boss, what's important to them, or if I'm selling change to my whole business, what's important to the business. And numbers make it real. Okay. So if you can quantify what George or your boss or the business is looking to accomplish, that's where you start. The other thing, George, that I kind of did there is you're not just selling into the goal. What you're looking for is the gap. 
between what exists today and what the business can do without change and where it's trying to get to. There's no gap, there's no sale. If George said, you know what, I need 20 new customers and I'm already getting 19, that's not very interesting, right? Maybe I could help him get one new customer, but I bet there are bigger problems that I could go out and solve and I'd be willing to shake George's hand and say, sounds great, you sure you don't wanna get 30? Well, you know, we, let's talk about it. But if at the end of the day, there was no gap there, there's not something very interesting for me to sell into. So what I'm doing is I'm using numbers to set out the finish line I'm using numbers to set out where we would get without change, and then I'm trying to sell into the change that exists between the two. We call that finding the gap in the boot camps mm. that I run. Yeah, I love that. It's like as your job is almost to be the bridge, right? And and uh, so if there's no Grand Canyon in the situation, it's like, let me just dip out. Here's the thing, though. I'm super curious because as someone who has collected numbers, who loves data, who loves analytics, and, and is tempted to sometimes just have a spreadsheet of questions and like, uh, what's this for you? What's your average this? What's your, you know, how many of these do you need? Talk me through a human way and, and kind of uh, any mistakes that people might make when they're like, okay, uh, I've got to sell, I've got to use the numbers, I've got to get the numbers. Uh, I'm just going to get them the easiest way I can. I'm going to shoot them an email and I'm going to ask them 13 questions and they can fill in the numbers for me. Talk us through that part of that. So you wouldn't walk in the door to someone and ask them what the revenue is and how much more revenue they're looking for for next year. Maybe. I mean, there are, you know, um, bottom line, maybe someone from New York, you know, you could just, uh, you could cut through, you know, the like the prettiness of the conversation and go right to it. But for most people, you know, uh, they're not ready to go there with you. They don't know you. You're not at that point in the conversation. There's very little context as well. So even if I, I was talking to someone from New York and I got that right out, I'm still kind of lacking context around it. You kind of heard my sequence for questioning before. I like to start very broad, which is what are you hoping to accomplish? My level two, which is getting into specifics, favorite question is how are you going to measure the success of that? Or if you could close your eyes and six imagine yourself six months from now, what are you gonna be looking at to evaluate whether your efforts were successful or not? That will kind of get us into a specific question without asking a specific question yet. And then based on what their answer is, you know, number of new customers, the way their business is gonna grow, number of new attendees in terms of my program, uh, then, you can, then you can start to, you know, how close are you gonna to get to getting there? Um, by the way, one of my favorite hacks for the persona that I deal with, which is we're selling growth, we're selling uh, revenue, is um, we got to revenue with you. My favorite way of doing it is asking not what are your, what, how much revenue do you want to grow next year? Because sometimes people are uncomfortable sharing revenue numbers. But I will ask number of new customers you're hoping to get next year. And then what's the value of a customer? And then uh, doing the math, that's a simple multiplication problem. Okay, George, you're looking to go to 20 new customers times 65,000 per. It looks like the number is about 1.3 million. Does that sound right or am I off? Yeah, so that, I, that's kind of my favorite math problem. Yeah, I love that too. And, and one of the pro ninja tips I would say is as a sales rep, when you, when you list out that number, pay attention to their facial expression because if, if the number shocks themselves, then you know that they may have given you kind of a bullcrap number. Uh, or, or they hadn't thought into it enough to really get where they thought they were going. So uh, pay attention to the micros. What's interesting though, David, and I hope the Sprocketeers heard this, I heard that every question sort of has a timing. 
there's there's a there's a context there's there's a comfort if you will to when they would be like oh i know like and trust david enough to tell him this information like i it doesn't need to be a secret anymore we're friends like you know he's helping me we're going we're going to do this together he understands my why like you know and so speaking of that i realized that we've only really talked about the goal portion of this and one of the things that you talk about is goal and timing so maybe unpack the timing side of them wanting to get the thing done you asked me is that in a year is that in a month you know um and and so i start to think about the timing and the impact of taking care of the issue so unpack that for us a little bit yeah so so part of what i'm steering towards here true and again this is for me as a salesperson who's has a particular solution to offer or or a sprocketeer who's trying to sell change is i'm going to make a recommendation at the end of the day for George and I, I'm not preloading that recommendation. I don't know what that recommendation is yet. And so part of when George is saying I'm, I'm going conversationally in a, a contextual way, in a slow way, so that they're comfortable with me. The other thing is I'm also not prejudging the conversation with George. If George told me I had three years to get from 20 clients to 22 clients, my recommendation may be, it sounds like you're well on your way, George. Let's shake hands as friends. Here are the type of people I helped. Do you know anyone else? Who I might have an interesting conversation with. So part of the, the place where those questions are coming from is a genuineness looking to figure out how big of a gap is there between where George is at and where George is trying to get. And part of understanding that gap is also how quickly is he trying to get there. So if George were trying to get from 10 to 15 customers by, um, you know, by the end of the next year, next year, I mean, based on what he's done and how competitive his market is and some other factors that I want to explore, sounds generally reasonable. If George said he wanted to do that by April 1st and he'd never experienced that kind of growth, I might be like, wait a minute, George, is there something I don't know about? You got some money to spend on media or advertising or, you know, purchasing things. So asking about goals is kind of synonymous with asking about timing. Different timings will inform different recommendations that I would have for you, George. Does that make sense? It does make sense. What's funny is my brain started to unpack. You you went in there like, well, do you have money to spend? Do you have media? When you're having this conversation around the numbers and you're trying to get to that goal and you're trying to figure out the timing, when is the right time to ask what they're currently doing or what they're thinking about doing from a sales and marketing standpoint, even though you're selling into the business, like unpacking what they're doing with that? How, how is that part of the level one, two, three conversation? You, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, we teach this as the exploratory call. The name of the call is exploratory because it's not about me as a salesperson telling you about what I can do. It's about me as a salesperson um, understanding what you're trying to accomplish and learning if you need help to get to your goals and then kind of figuring out both in my mind as well as by the end of the conversation, maybe making a suggestion on whether I can help you or not, depending on what your goals and your timing would be. So the, the exploratory call is, is kind of the conversational arts in and of itself. We generally recommend that people start by learning about someone and their business before you even get into their goals. Like, tell me about your business, George. What clients do you serve? What's your marketplace like? And then from there, talking about, that's awesome. What, what's 2020 mean to you guys? What are you guys looking to accomplish this year? And going about how they're doing this year and then ultimately 
uh, getting into their uh, challenges. One, one of the problems that I see in conversation in sales is people um, often want to go very quickly to the challenges. What kind of challenges you're having? And those are interesting. We will get there. But oftentimes we miss a lot of the context and we miss a lot of the numbers and we don't do the math if we don't start with the current landscape, where they're trying to go, why that's important to them. And then we'll get to the challenges for getting there, but don't, don't start with the challenges. Start with the broad story and then kind of end with the challenges. So David, as we kind of close this up, because it is the 15-minute strategy podcast, is there a hack, a tip, a trick to kind of help people who have, A, not been starting with the numbers? You just said that, by the way, starting with the numbers, focused on the numbers. Is there a, a hack, a tip, a, a trick to get them to start to do that, to start to leverage it? Like how, how do they change their mindset, their patterns, their processes? I'll give folks a couple of different recommendations. Number one, if you're a HubSpot partner, listen to the call. Uh, nice to see you. And um, you should join my boot camp. It's where we both talk about this over eight weeks in eight sessions, but we do a lot of practice because it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it. If you're not a HubSpot partner, um, I do have an ex what I call an exploratory call playbook, which lays out a natural, typical sequence for an exploratory process or conversations, including a lot of what we talked about here today, George, that is publicly available. I'm happy to make that bit.ly link uh, uh, available for you, and you can share it with folks in the, the follow-up page. The other thing is there's some good books, um, good sales books. One of the, um, one of the ones that I rec I'm going to recommend is by Keenan, and it's called Gap Selling. It's a very similar process to what we've talked about today. It's kind of understand where they're at where they're going to and how close they can get to it on its own. I gotta be honest, I have not read the book, but people tell me about it and it's very similar to the principles that I teach uh, to HubSpot partners. So I would recommend that book, if, particularly if you like this process of figuring out how much help they need and how you can sell into that, which I recommend from a sales perspective. Love it. We'll put all the links in the show notes below. You're probably listening on your favorite podcast app. So just swipe left, right, up, down, whichever way you got to do to get to those links. And we'll make sure they're in there for you. David, if people want to reach out to you specifically, maybe they have questions, maybe they want to buy you a steak dinner. Hey, I don't know. Maybe you've changed their life with this episode. <laughs> where, where, where do you want to send them? If they're, again, if you're a HubSpot partner, ask uh, your contact in the HubSpot partner program. The name of the program is Project Lion. It's our Project Lion boot camps. Uh, mine in particular is the sales skills bootcamp. For everyone else, um, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, David Winehouse, spelled like it sounds if you're German, W-E-I-N-H-A-U-S. Uh, I think I'm the only David Winehouse on LinkedIn, so uh, I would uh, welcome connecting with you. I wish I had a name like that. I am not <laughs> the only George Thomas on LinkedIn. <laughs> so Sprocketeers, here's the deal. Pay attention to goals, pay attention to timing. And if you were really listening, it's paying attention to context and the comfort of the people that you're selling to as well. And we'll see you on the next episode. Did you enjoy this episode of the 15-Minute Strategy Podcast? We'd love to know. Leave a rating and written review wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And keep that learning going by visiting sprockettalk.com. Sign up for your free membership. And in that membership area, you can find bundled episodes where we combine like strategies to help you grow better, make the world better, and share this episode with your friends and coworkers who may be battling this same obstacle. You can always reach out to George B. Thomas on Twitter with questions or guest suggestions or just to talk about your favorite Marvel superhero. Now go out into the world and leverage this strategy for your success. And we'll see you in the next episode of the 15-Minute Strategy Podcast.